Today I want to talk to you about brand new. Brand new. Can I tell you, I love new stuff. I love to get new stuff. I love to receive gifts. I love new stuff. Matter of fact, I lost my wedding ring, my original ring. I've been having it for over 15 years. Don't know where I put it. And so I'm going to get a new ring. Tiffany wants to buy me another ring. Praise the Lord. But I can't find, I'm going to get a new one though. You know, I like new stuff. I remember when I, I was growing up, I was a junior in high school and my dad made me this promise. He said, Herbert, he said, Herbert, if you get a scholarship to go to college and pay for your college, I'll buy you a brand new car. He said, now, if I have to pay for your college or help you pay for your college, you get no car. And as a junior in high school, that motivated me big time. And guess what? My senior year in high school, I signed a college football letter of intent and got a full scholarship. My, my school was paid for, and my dad came through on his promise. And in 1993, he brought, bought me a brand new Mazda MX-3, two-door car, windows, tinted, 17 years old. Can you picture me, 17, brand new car, what's up? I rolled up to school that first day with that teal green car. What's up? Hey, Coop Dog is up in the house. What? No, girl, all the girls wanted it. You can't ride, you can't ride, back off. And I thought I was all of that because I had a brand new car car. And how many of you love that brand new car smell? Man, I love that brand new car smell. Some of you are like, Pastor, I've never smelled it. I've never been in a brand new car. Check this out. Check this out. Go to the store today and you can buy some, some, some air freshener called brand new. They got some brand Come on, spray it in your car. Come on, fake it till you make it. What's up? <laughs> I'm telling you, I love new stuff. I remember when Tiffany and I got married. I was 22, she was 20, we got married in Nebraska, we lived in Missouri, and three years later when I was 25, she was 23, we bought our first home in Missouri. It was a brand new home, brand new. Walked into that home, we bought it for $95,000. And we walked into that brand new home, and man, you know what? Nobody else had ever lived on these carpets. It's, we opened up those cabinets, nobody else had ever lived in this 95000 brand new home. And we were so elated, so excited. We had a brand new home as a married couple. I love new stuff. And guess what? You love new stuff too. Matter of fact, you have fond memories of receiving new stuff. Most of you, you can remember, you forgot a lot of stuff about your childhood, but a lot of you will remember you got a, when you got that first shiny bicycle, and you remember riding your bike with them training wheels on, brand new, excited, because it was new. And as I'm talking to you today, a lot of you are thinking about new stuff. You're wishing for stuff right now. Oh, man. Yeah, I do like new, Pastor. I like to get a, a new car. And you're dreaming right now. You're thinking, yeah, I'd like to get a new house. I like new. I, I'd like a new job. I, I like new. Some of you are thinking right now, yeah, you're dreaming. You're like, man, I like a new husband. I like a new wife. That man just woke up over there. What? A new wife? Why? Why? I like this preacher. Some of you are like, I would like to get some new kids. Brand new. 
We all love new things. Can I tell you something about your heavenly father? God loves new. God loves new. And you know what God loves to do? God loves to make you and I brand new. That's what he loves to do. He loves to make you and I new. The Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, take out the word anyone and put your name there. Therefore, if Herbert, if Tiffany, if Tony, if Jim, if Sandy, if Teresa is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. Come on, everybody shout, new. Yeah. Want you to catch this. If you're in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, new. Friends, God's heart for humanity is that all of us would accept Jesus as our Savior, that we would be in Christ and become a new creation, that our life would be made brand new. That's what Jesus does. He makes us new. And for instance, God desires us to be new. Scripture clearly says God wants you and I not to live an old life but a new life. He wants to make us new. That's his heart. That's his plan for our life. Why are so many people not becoming new? What is hindering people from becoming the new person that God desires them to become? For the next few moments, I want to share with you three barriers that keep people from becoming new. And you and I, we have to get on the other side of these barriers that are stopping us from becoming new. The first barrier that we encounter is our old life, our old life. The scripture I read to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it said that when we are in Christ, when, when, when our lives belong to Christ, when we give our hearts to Christ, the Bible says old things pass away. And friends, we all have an old life. We have all lived a life of sin. The Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for everyone, that includes you, that includes me, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us have fallen short of God's standard because God's standard is perfection. God's standard is never blow it, never make a mistake, never make a mistake. And we all fall short of God's standard. We all have sinned. We all have been a slave to sin. The Bible says it like this in Romans 6 in verse number 6. We know that our old selves, there's one more word there, our old sinful selves, isn't it true that the old life, the old life is a sinful life, and that's what the Bible is referring to, the old life, the life away from Christ is a sinful life. And so he says, the our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. You see, friends, in Christ. We are no longer slaves to sin. In Christ, the old life passes away, and we become new creations. But, but the Bible says this, when we're outside of Christ, when Jesus is not our Savior, when he's not our Lord, we are slaves to sin. Sin is our master. 
Sin controls us. And friends, we've all been of the power of sin. We've all been controlled by, by sin. And I think about the sin in the world today that we've all been controlled by, and some of you are being controlled by sin right now. It's your, it's your master. You find yourself being a slave. And I think about the sin in the world. There's, there's a lot of people that are trapped, and they're being controlled by greed. It's like we saw in the performance a few moments ago. The man thought, if I just get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and a, I'm, t- I'm going to be happy. If I get, just get a little bit more and a little bit, I'll be, and, 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 and it controls people. Some of you today, you're controlled by, by greed. There are, there are many, and one of the common things that, that I hear as a pastor is sexual sin. And people are controlled. It's their master. Engaging in sex outside of marriage. Married and cheating on their spouse and and, and they're, they're trapped. And I've been there before. I remember in high school being trapped in sexual sin and, and engaging in sex outside of marriage. And, and there are many of you that are trapped in this. It's, 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 it's this old life the Bible talks about. There, there, there are many today that, that, that are trapped with this thing. I call it the, the mouth. Let me, let me finish this one. Let me add something else. Your big mouth. <laughs> Some of you had a big mouth, and you're controlled. You're always cussing folks out and talking negative. You're hateful. What comes out of your mouth is meaning you gossip and you lie. I mean, your, your mouth, it's your big mouth. I mean, but the truth of the matter is you're controlled by it. Your sin is controlling you. For, for, for many people, it's this thing called, it's this thing called anger. And some of you, life, you know what, life's been unfair. And you're angry. You're mad. And it's gripped your life. And you're flying off the handle all the time with an attitude. You're angry. And, and you, know, you know what it is? You know what gets people? It's this thing called bitterness. And people have hurt you. They've done you wrong. And you're bitter. And you haven't forgiven people. And you retaliate. And you get even. And you're hateful. And you're mean. It's the old life. You're controlled by, by sin. And, and, and for many people, you know what happens? This, this old life, it's, it's addictions. And people get addicted to stuff. Perhaps you find yourself addicted to pills or addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol or addicted to gambling or addicted to pornography. And it's controlling your life and, and, and it's destroying you and and you know what happens for, uh, for a lot of people in this room today watching online right now? You know what a lot of it is? Is you got, you got secrets. And nobody knows, but there's this struggle and there's this sin and there's these issues. And, and, and you know what the big one is? Here's the big one. Here's a real big one that, that's in people's lives. And it's called, it's called pride. And you know how you know you got pride? As I was making this list out, you were like, oh, yeah, that's not me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. No, dog, I'm great. No, no, no. What you got is pride. That's what you got. You're full of yourself. And it's the old life. It's a barrier that keeps us from becoming new. There's a, there's a second barrier that I want us to see, and that is this. It's our good life. 
the good life keeps us from becoming new. You see, some people never give their life to Jesus Christ and become a new creation because they think they're fine. They think they're okay. And so many people believe that they can earn their salvation. They can work for their salvation. Matter of fact, try this this week. Ask somebody this question. Are you going to heaven? Matter of fact, if I ask many of you today, are you going to heaven? You know what many of you would say? Yes, sure. I'm going to heaven. My next question would be, well, why are you going to heaven? And you know what a lot of people would say? Because I'm a good person. I mean, come on, I'm a, I'm a good person. And it's not, it's not this list over here of all this sin and stuff. It's like, you know what? You know what, man, I'm, I'm good. And somehow people believe that, that, that they can be good enough to be made right with God. And you hear people say things like this, but you have to understand that, that I'm nice. I'm a nice person. I mean, I'm going to heaven. God sees how nice I am. You know, man, listen, I'm, I'm a kind person. I mean, I'm kind of kind sometimes. Kind of. Kind. <laughs> kind of. I mean, God sees that I'm kind of kind. And... I'm going to heaven, man. I'm kind. And, and I, you know what? I try to, I, I give, man. I give to people at work and people that are hurting or see somebody down and out. And I give, man. I'm going to heaven. I mean, look, I, I give. And you know what? I don't, I don't just give, but I, I help people, man. I, I help people out. I'm always helping people out, man. You, the, the, everybody knows that I help people. I, and I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person. I help people out, and, and you know what, I, I got, you know, for some of you ladies, let's, say, let's get a little bit more feminine, Pastor, so I'm, I'm sweet, Georgia peach sweet, I'm sweet, I'm just so sweet to people, I'm going to heaven, man, I'm sweet, and, and some of you would say, you know what, I love people, I mean, you know, I'm a lover, I love people who, who love me, I love people. I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm a good person. And you know what the Bible says? Here's what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse number 6. The Bible says that our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Our righteous acts. We hear that you're like, what? That's not right, Pastor. Surely what God meant is our unrighteous acts, our sin. I mean, I get how this list is wrong. I get how this is bad stuff. But come on, Pastor, you mean the good stuff? I mean, this stuff is good. I, I'm nice. No, 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 no. God says our righteous acts are like filthy rags. In other words, God says on your best day, on your best day when you think you're good and you deserve heaven, when I look at it, I'm perfect God. I see filth. It's a mess. You think, I'm good. No, you're a mess. You're not good. Salvation can't be achieved. It's only received. Because I'm telling you, apart from Christ, every good deed you do is just like filthy rags. And you know what keeps people from being new? is our old life and our good life. And the third thing I want to share with you that's a barrier that keeps people from getting to the other side and becoming new is our religious life. Religious life. And back there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, I read to you earlier, it says that if anyone is in Christ, come on, everybody shout, in Christ. 
Come on, shout it one more time. In Christ. That's so key. In Christ. In Christ. If anyone's in Christ, you got to be in Christ. The Bible says they're a new creation. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The Bible doesn't say that you're in church. It doesn't say if you're in the Bible belt. It doesn't say if you grew up in a Christian family. You see, one of the unique challenges about being a pastor in Oklahoma is that there are a lot of people who think they're saved. There are a lot of people who think they're right with God because they know something about God. They're, they're religious. They do religious stuff. But the Bible says to become a new creation, you have to be in Christ. Not, not, it doesn't say you just have to know something about Christ or, or just be aware of Christ or just be around God. Or, or it doesn't even say this, just believe in God. Because, friends, can I tell you that believing there is a God isn't sufficient enough to save you. Believing that there is a God isn't sufficient enough to get you to heaven. Matter of fact, the Bible says it like this in James chapter 2 and verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Friends, can I tell you that demons believe in God? Can I tell you that, that demons are religious? They believe in God. Can I tell you that demons hang around church? Demons do. Come on, how many of you sit next to a demon right now? I think they might be. Come on, somebody, huh? Come on, demons come to church. They hang around church. But understand something about demons. Demons are not right with God. They, they, they don't, they're not in a right relationship with God. Matter of fact, the scripture says this. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. It's so interesting. I think it's very sobering. In verse 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. In other words, not everyone who believes that there's a God will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22, many. I read that this week, and I wished it would have said a few. I wish it would have said just several thousand. But the Bible says, many will say, them, say to me on that day, on judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? They were religious. And in your name drive out demons. I mean, we know about church. We believe there's a God and there's a devil. We believe there are demons. We we believe there's a heaven and there's a hell, that there's good and that there's evil. We believe that there's an unseen world of principalities and rulers. We believe in demons. And it says, in your name perform many miracles. I mean, these are religious people. In verse 23, Jesus said, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. That word knew in the Greek is referring to an intimate relationship. I never knew you intimately. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus says on judgment day, and friends, please hear me, there is a judgment day that one day all of us will stand before God and give an account of our life here on earth. And on judgment day, there will be some people that think they're okay with God because they're religious. They, 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 were, they were doing religious stuff, but they weren't in Christ. 
Christ wasn't their Savior and Lord. And, and God will say to them, I never knew you intimately. And you never knew me intimately. I mean, you knew religion. You knew denomination. You knew church. You knew songs. You knew some scriptures. You knew pastors. You knew about God. But you never knew Christ intimately. You see, friends, you can be in proximity with someone and not know them. Don't confuse proximity with knowing. Don't confuse being around someone or near someone with knowing someone. Tiffany and I have four precious kids that we adore, and they range from ages nine to four. And our four kids at times have had bad dreams and come into our room and want us to help them and talk to them. And if one of my kids comes into our bedroom, Tiffany and I's bedroom at two or three o'clock in the morning, and they go, Daddy, Daddy, I had a bad dream. Daddy, I had a bad dream. That's my kid. I know them. They know me. Even at two or three o'clock in the morning, I may not feel like it, but I'd get out of bed. I'd hold them. I'd talk to them. I'd pray for them. I'd comfort them. And then I'd walk them back to the room and tuck them in because I know them. But can I tell you, if you show up at my house <laughs> at two or three in the morning and somehow you end up in my bedroom while I'm sleeping and you go, Daddy, Daddy, I had a bad dream. I hope you know Jesus. Because I'm finna hurt you. I'm fixing to hurt you. I didn't say fixing to. I said I'm fixing to hurt you. You open my bedroom somehow. At two, I don't know you like that. I don't know. Pastor, we shook hands. We grabbed a meal together. I talked to you in the lobby. for I don't know you like that. You better not be up in my house talking about daddy. No, I don't know you like that. I will hurt you in Jesus' name. And it comes to God, many people, Daddy, many people, Jesus, Lord, 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 Lord. And Jesus says, I don't know you like that. Daddy, Daddy, I, you don't know me like that. Lord, Lord, no, no, no. You, you don't know me. I mean, you're around in church and you know about God, but you don't know me like that. Don't confuse proximity with knowing someone. You don't know me like that, but guess what? I want you to know me like that. I want to be your daddy. I want to be your Lord. You see, that's what Easter is all about. There was a chasm. There was, there was a divide. There was a, a big gap. And, and, and I knew sin separated you from me. And your good works could never get you to me. Being religious could never get you to me. And I came as the Son of God. 
And I lived a perfect and sinless life. And I died on the cross for your sins. Because I want to know you. And I want you to know me intimately. And I want to be your daddy. And Lord, so I shed my blood on the cross of Calvary. And I died. And I rose again on the third day with all power in your hands. And when you're in Christ, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus' blood that he shed on the, on the cross of Calvary covers all your sin, covers all your junk, even the good things you think you do his blood covers and it washes away your sin it's the blood of Jesus Christ and that's what Easter is all about the blood of Jesus Christ covers up yours covers up your sin and Jesus forgives you but can I tell you Jesus didn't come just to forgive you of your sins the Bible says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 in verse number 17, that Jesus came, that if anyone is in him, there are new creation, and old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Jesus wants you to become brand new, and he died on the cross that you would become a brand new person and the old would pass away and behold all things would become new. Jesus doesn't want to just save you, wash away your sins. He wants you to become a brand new person and he died on the cross and rose again on the third day with all power in his hands so that your old life could pass away and behold all things will become Come new. Somebody shout brand new. Somebody shout brand new. That's what Jesus came to earth for, is to make you brand new. In Christ, in Christ, the old is gone and the new comes and he makes you a brand new person.